Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Everybody, welcome to the Jury Podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young, joining you again on a fine Monday afternoon here in Oakland, California. Oh, good start to the day. Good start to the week. I'm already fired up. We're already at the end of Monday. I swear, man, these days start flying by faster and faster. Went on a run this morning. I ran. This is the first time that I've actually like run in a in a in a very long time. I I tried to test the back, oh man, probably about six months ago, and and it uh, kind of hurt, uh, you know, going back out there. But I'd since made a realization, and this is a little PSA for folks, made the realization that part of uh, the, the the pain that I was feeling in my legs and in my back were because of the shoes I was wearing. I was wearing those Nike barefoot shoes for running. Because I liked them, and they're really fun to, you know, like, put on. They pack down really uh, uh, flat when you're traveling. They were just good shoes. But at a certain point, I realized that that, that might be part of the reason why I'd worn them out, because there's not a lot of insoles to them, that uh, uh, I might have been exacerbating some of the problem with my with my back. And I'll tell you what, oh, my God, I went and got new shoes, and I feel awesome. <laughs> like, so awesome that this morning I'm like, man, I should just go for a run. Holy shit, am I out of shape? But uh, 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 I did it, you know, some little uh, two-minute-on, two-minute-off splits. and uh, uh, Or intervals, I guess, rather. And it was uh, it was good, feeling good, you know. It definitely gets me in a good mood. So, of course, if I'm in a good mood, the only thing I can think of, the only thing that my brain will allow me to think of is, how can this all go wrong? So I started thinking about Various different technological disasters <laughs> that could befall all of us. And I wanted to run this by you guys. Because this is something that I've had in my head for a long time. And I kind of feel like it would become, our our landscape would become dystopic. Like this would be a global tragedy this would be a global paradigm shift there would be it would be i i, I hate to say 911 because 911 obviously there were a lot of lives lost what i'm going to describe here wouldn't necessarily immediately have anybody lose their lives but it might lead to it friendships would be dashed marriages might end people might go to jail and it is all plausible there's really only like one element of technology that you'd have to invent for this scenario to take place. And here it is. I'm going to lay it out here for you. One day, middle of the night, all of a sudden, news breaks. 
every text message sent from 2005 to 2008 has been released on the internet. So at first, right, it's just a gigantic file, just a huge tangled mess of everything, right? Nobody can, you know, it's not easily searchable, but eventually someone's going to search it. Someone's going to index it. Someone's going to make it easy for people to search their own names. So how about you do me a favor and answer me this question? If every single text message you ever sent was now publicly, who's the first person you apologize to? Because we've all said something over text that we might not want somebody else to read. And now it would be available for them to do exactly that. So who do you apologize to? I mean, I would probably start with my wife. Not not that I necessarily have said anything awful about her, but just in case. I mean, I guess that's what what makes this scenario to me so unfathomably scary is I can't even remember what would be the problem. I've probably said words I shouldn't say. I've probably made jokes that are in poor taste. I've probably made fun of people that I would now consider dear friends. And I don't think that I have a particularly scandalous life. Let's imagine all the nudes. Let's imagine all the uh, secrets. Let's imagine all the betrayals. Oh, I don't even know what to call this. So here's what I want from you guys. Number one, assume this happens. Who do you apologize to first? I can read these anonymously if you uh, ask me to. And number two, I need a name for this apocalypse. I need a name for what happens when all of a sudden the world's text messages get dumped back on the internet. Until then, though, let's do this. We've got a returning legend alert. A returning legend alert. And this one's a little controversial. I don't know exactly how excited or terrified I am for the news that has come out over the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Murphy plotting a return to stand-up. And not just something where... I mean, hell, Eddie Murphy could sell out any building he wanted. I think right now, if you said... Eddie Murphy's going to go on a five-city stand-up tour, and he was going to play L.A., Chicago, New York, Miami, and Dallas. That dude could easily sell out arenas and may be able to sell out a football stadium. Like, that's how gigantic the pull for Eddie Murphy would be, in my opinion. 
I mean, he could certainly go and do any theater he wanted. That would be a, a, a very choice ticket. You know, that would be something that would cost quite a lot of money. Because Dave Chappelle's at that level now, and Dave Chappelle is a disciple of Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy did some of the funniest stand-up specials of all time and then just left. Became such a big actor that that was just a wrap. Like, he was just out the game. And now... Two little hints, and it might be corporate synergy, but here is a clip from Eddie Murphy on Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. You know that you not doing stand-up drives people crazy. You know that, right? I'm going to do it again. It was really? Just, yeah. But where would he do it? Well, we've got some speculation here according to TMZ. Uh, this is a, a re-reported story from IndieWire. Reports Eddie Murphy is going to do a $70 million Netflix deal. $70 million. Eddie Murphy hasn't performed a stand-up in decades, even though in the 80s he was considered one of the finest practitioners of the form. His classic 1987 stand-up film, Eddie Murphy Raw, grossed $50.5 million on an $8 million budget, making it the most financially successful stand-up film of all time. Now TMZ is reporting that Murphy is in talks with Netflix to produce an undetermined number of new stand-up specials for a $70 million price tag. The move makes sense given that Chris Rock received a $40 million payout and Dave Chappelle got $60 million for their own Netflix specials. Rock had two specials and Chappelle had three, putting the individual fee for stars of their caliber at around $20 million per installment, suggesting Murphy would probably create three specials or maybe just two given the rarity and exclusivity of the Enterprise. Yeah, spoiler alert, he's doing two. <laughs> Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy gets uh, uh, $35 million per special. If Chris Rock gets twenty. And Chappelle gets 20. And at that point, I would almost even say that Chappelle's is a little bit more rare. But then again, Chris Rock had bigger stand-up specials. Chris Rock might be the closest comp here. Because Chris Rock had massively well-known stand-up specials. And you know, then he was an actor, but he just kind of like disappeared for a little bit. This would be Eddie Murphy dropping his nuts back on the table. Now, I have no idea what he would talk about. I mean, God, uh, this would be Eddie Murphy. If he could rekindle half the voice he had in an 80, in the 80s, it would be like a, you know, it's like Captain America unfreezing from the bottom of the ocean, of the Arctic Ocean, right? All of a sudden, he's just back, and we just, like, know what he thinks about everything that's happened. I mean, we know what he thinks about Bill Cosby. We know what he thinks about uh, Me Too. We know what he thinks about Bill Clinton. I mean, Jesus, this dude has been out of that stand-up game for so long, uh, you know, God, even the, the, some of his, some of his troubles. I mean, getting caught with a with a with a with a trans hooker, like these are all things that we never got Eddie Murphy, the comedian's perspective on. I can't wait. 
can always write the show jurydaily at gmail.com again jurydaily at gmail.com m writes i almost but not really got abducted by two bus drivers and a nice lady i saw i somehow ended up near batavia tonight which is uh, in the middle of nowhere and received a ride request from a place called the talon tavern there's a man and two women all very nice but also very drunk the ride starts out with the man asking if he can bring his glass of beer, to which I remind him about open container laws. The man's wife, a.k.a. a nice lady, starts asking me about wines. I say that I'm a fan of both sweet and dry, but haven't indulged in a long time. Uh, uh, so I answer sweet. She then says she's going to give me some wine, but I need to come in and try it. I decline, saying I can't drink and work. But then she tells me uh, that they bottle their own wine. She keeps insisting, so I eventually thank her for the gift she's offering. Everyone else joins in to invite me to go inside their house, saying that they uh, give all their Lyft and Uber drivers free bottles of wine. I get to their house and drop them off, and I'm hesitant to go in. I joke and ask if there aren't secretly murderers that'll use my skin for their bus tires, but since they have a school bus in their uh, front yard. Bus driver lady laughs and says, good idea. Oh, my God. I go in. Em, what are you doing? They show me a huge tomato garden outside their kitchen. Uh, they give me three tomatoes. They jokingly ask if I've ever been in a threesome. Not the first passengers to do, do so. Then I get a nice uh, personal bottle of strawberry wine. A cute long neck dachshund comes in and tries to make me feel welcome. I go to leave, and the mail bus driver brings me into his uh, brings me to his school bus out front and shows me all the settings, aka the lights. Uh, lets me sit in the seat as he tries to convince me to leave my Uber job to drive school buses. Eighteen dollars an hour, year-round pay, short hours, fancy air-conditioned bus buses with all the fixins. I tell him I'll think about it. We talk. Everyone comes to say goodbye to uh, goodbye to me, and I am off to my next pickup. I'm happy to say that I was successfully not murdered in the middle of the country, 40 miles from home. Well, M, congratulations. Uh, what an upset that you were not murdered by those fine folks. Crunchy writes, an old acquaintance from Ohio got in contact with me to tell me that he had to go to Texas for work next week. He's dreading it because of the heat. This led to a discussion about me hating the cold as much as he hates the heat and how hot I keep my apartment. When people are coming over, I've always turned my AC up to meet a middle ground with my guests because I know it's too hot for most people. I'm considering not even bothering with that anymore because no one extends this courtesy to me. Someone will keep their house at 65, which is basically assault, and not care about me being miserable and then call me petty and childish if I decide to leave. In his opinion, it's literally not possible to be miserable in the cold as people are in the heat. And the real asshole move would be expecting someone to maybe turn the heat up three degrees and be miserable when I could just wear a jacket or something. Anyway, he aborted our friendship on Facebook after this discussion. So fragile. Is this when it's appropriate to use the term snowflake? But it did make me think of you, a fellow cold hater. 
Now, Crunchy, you might this might affect our friendship, so uh, I want you to to take this in the spirit that it's offered. But I do hate the cold. I mostly hate the snow. But as a child of South Florida, I am used to fairly aggressively air conditioning my indoor spaces. It is something that happens with 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 a vengeance. I mean. Uh, uh, Ashley always asked me why I like to keep things so cold. And part of the reason is because I'm used to moving. I grew up moving from air-conditioned fridge to air-conditioned fridge, some of which had four wheels and took us to other air-conditioned fridges. So I do like to keep my place pretty cold. That being said, I'm I'm with you on like, hey, look, you, you should be able to, to, like, you know, you come over to somebody's house and maybe it's a little hot. That's fine. Like your ability to change your uh, uh, to change your temperature should be about what your level of hosting is, what what your what your hospitality is. If you're having a bunch of people over, then that's something that you should pay attention to. If you're not, though, who gives a fuck, right? Come on. I want to thank our producers, the Jen, PD, Rave, non-specific rock and roll Martian, well, James, the OG Brito, well, and Chris. You can email me, jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord, bit.ly slash jurydiscord. Until tomorrow, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. But more importantly, until I speak to you tomorrow, please don't Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>